Take your Bibles, go to Colossians in the New Testament. Go to the book of Colossians, and I'll be in the second chapter. Lord, thank you for Calvary, what you gave us there. Thank you for Jesus, you gave him. Thank you for the Holy Ghost, Jesus sent him. Thank you for the local church, the Holy Scriptures, and the blessed hope of the second coming. <laughs> Lord, thank you. Make preaching, Lord, what you meant for it to be. I'm completely willing for you to hijack this message and take it wherever you want it. Lord, breathe on us. Help your people, and we'll thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all the Lord's people say it. Thank the Lord. Colossians and the second chapter. Hadn't the Lord been really good to us? I want to preach for 20 minutes tonight. I want to do that so bad I may do it three or four times right in a row. I just love preaching 20 minutes. Bunches of times. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Thank the Lord. We thank the Lord for Brother uh, Josh Lawson and his precious wife. And just one of the greatest young preachers I've known in my ministry. And I get stuck in time. Uh, I still see him as a young preacher and moving around. I get stuck in time with people and thank the Lord for it. And uh, Brother Jason, Sister Ellen, y'all stand for a moment. Brother Jason was here last night, and this is his precious bride, Sister Ellen. And thank the Lord for them, missionaries in Mexico. For uh, I was thinking, Brother Jason, was it 18 years? Am I right? Okay. I was trying to get all my timing down there. And I know that's 21 years ago we left where we were, and thank the Lord we praise God for our old friends and the work they're doing down there. Brother Renew, wave at everybody. This is a dear pastor friend of ours and his dear wife from closer to Augusta. And they came over tonight and found us and precious friend. And a, boy, we had a, oh Lord, the, we had a revival meeting over there that rattled the rafters, didn't we, Brother Renew? Thank the Lord for it. And, uh, Good to see them tonight. Thank the Lord. Brother Adam Borden is some of our favorite people in the world. And uh, precious spirit and a sanctified family. Thank the Lord for it. And boy, what a good singing. And Brother Adam is a preacher and evangelist. Thank the Lord for them. <clears throat> Their home church at Wahoo Baptist is uh, just about a, a home church and uh, just about our home church away from home. And Thank the Lord for it. Are y'all in Colossians? Hadn't the Lord been good to us? <clears throat> Thank the Lord. I want to just try to lay some meat on the table. And not that I'm deep or smart or anything, but, but the Word of God is a mighty deep well. Thank the Lord. <clears throat> we'll drop our buckets down in there and draw water out of this well. Well, the Lord's been good to us. Mm. Thank the Lord. I'm trying to calm down a little bit. I got in the hot seat. I accidentally got old brother's hot seat there. I got in the hot seat. Thank the Lord. I was just going to watch y'all sit in the back and watch y'all. 
And the Lord snuck back and said, no, you ain't neither. <laughs> I was wanting to gossip about all of you later. I was going to watch you and gossip about things later. <laughs> Messed all that up. Amen. That, you know, gossip's not that bad if you just say, bless them, Lord, and help them, Lord, and just don't say anything malicious, you know. Okay, it's a pet sin. I'm trying to quit. And <laughs> not really. I just hang around gossipers. <laughs> so I can make sure I know what's going on. Correct them later. Hadn't the Lord just been so good to us? Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Colossians 2. The Lord will help me. And verse 8. Verse 8 is probably the most relevant verse for young people in America uh, and, and across the world. It's probably the most relevant verse for young people in this hour. The entire foundations of all faith has been shaken. And the devil would love to have our young people as his own spoil. Beware. Lest any man spoil you. Pardon me. Beware. Lest any man spoil you. That means carry you off as the wages of war. That meant a battle that he wins and carries you off as the spoils of war. Right. The Lord could do anything for us to save our children. Right. It's what happened with Noah. He preached 120 years and nobody believed him. But his family got in. We're living in an hour where folks have chosen to not believe. Unbelief is not ignorance. Unbelief is ignoring. Talk to me now. And our generation, this last day generation, just like Noah's, they see the ark. Don't think they don't. They're looking at the ark. And they're hearing the preacher. Oh, you better believe it. God's going to make it so. They're looking at the church and they're hearing what we say. Why would they mock it so maliciously? right. And that internet highway, it go, it's got a lot of exit ramps you need to stay off of. But one thing it's done is it's connected the entire world. And it's also connected them with the gospel. Y'all ain't helping me. There will be no man stand at the judgment and tell God, you didn't give me a chance. Not a one. Not even the naked savage in a dark jungle. Right. Romans 1. Yeah. Creation and a conscience. Right. And I promise, uh, on the authority of the word of God, I pray, if you ever respond to the light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Right. That's John 1 and Titus 2. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Yeah. It may be something as simple as a butterfly landing on a rose and a morning ray of light hit it 
And that naked, barbarian, pagan, savage, see the light flutter through that wing on that rose, and something in him says, that's beautiful. I'm not. Something's bigger than me. Something's better than me. And that moment, that heart will bow or it'll bow. Same spelled letter. It's just one goes high and one goes low. The English teachers here could tell us the bow and the bow. One goes high and hard and the other goes low and soft. Oh, every man. And I promise you if that butterfly and hits a little dew drop on that rose with a ray of sunlight touching it, God can make a moment like that. And the old boy in his heart says, I need more than what I've got. Right. <laughs> I personally believe there will be a church there before it's done. I believe everywhere that there's a church on a foreign field is because somebody way back there said, I need more. <laughs> I believe, I believe everywhere. And I believe everywhere there is not a missionary. They crushed the butterfly and said, I'm going to go, I'm happy with what I am. No, thank you. Let me tell you why some places it's so hard to start a church because God ain't starting a church there. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. The West, it's too easy to go and it's too hard to stay. And a million preachers have tried. And I recommend every man do whatever God tells him. He gave Isaiah a ministry and told him nobody's going to get in. But go anyway. So we're not critiquing you and not wanting you to second guess. But the West, North Korea, China. The reason there are not churches in some places is because God ain't starting churches everywhere. Y'all don't be choking on a little bit of meat here now. Come here and help me. Trying to shut down churches, Corona. They're trying to shut them down on the East Coast and can't do it. They ain't just shutting down churches in California. They're shutting down Thanksgiving. What about that, preacher? Yes, yes. It's foundation. The East Coast is founded on God. The West Coast is founded on gold. Right. 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 And there's too much foundation over here. They're having real trouble over there. There's some good men over there with some good churches, but revival never got past the Mississippi. Stopped in Topeka, Kansas. They voted to go dry in 1933. Billy Sunday put up some tabernacles. These people got saved, but they never had a Holy Ghost revival. Had two or three of them on the East Coast. Great Awakening. 
mid-1700, pre-Civil War, 1858, New York City. What about Massachusetts and New York City having your first national revivals? Right. Now they're the most reprobate. Sure. Massachusetts, first state to vote for gay marriage. Yes. New York City, now so wicked, considered to be uh, in rivalry with Rome and Jerusalem for being the great harlot city. There are many theologians will will tell you it's not Rome, it's it's Manhattan. That's how wicked she is. This is the last great revival we had. I'm gonna tell you something. Where the Lord has been received, the next thing that happen is the Lord will be rejected. And the third thing is you'll be reprobated. South is heading there quick. That was the third great revival after the Civil War in the southern states. And we ain't had no more. She stopped on the she stopped on the Mississippi. And the devil started his false revivals. Right. Brother Renew, Brother Thomas. January the first of nineteen oh one. A 25-year-old charismatic evangelist that started a Bible college in Topeka, Kansas and brought tongue-speaking into the nation for the first time, brought it into modern times. The first day of the first year of the first century of 1900. The black woman spoke in, nothing wrong with being a black woman. Black woman spoke in tongues in Azusa Street, Los Angeles, the city of angels. If you think them are God angels, you better look at what comes out of Los Angeles. Them ain't God's angels. That city was founded on the devil's angels. And Hollywood came out of there. Hollywood's the biggest portal from hell that ever has been. By the way, I'm glad I'm in an old-fashioned church where you can mention sinful things and preach on them and not tear the thing up. These big mega churches, boys going contemporary, they can't mention they'd be a negative Nelly for three minutes and tear the entire thing up. Better pray about where you go to church. Hollywood... And the flesh industry, I don't even want to say the word what all of our young men are addicted to. It's on their phones. I don't even want to say the word in church. It's too filthy and it's too strong of a stronghold. But the flesh industry coming right out of Silicon Valley and all your computers too. It's where your computer age came from. You find me something more wicked. Oh, Elon Musk gonna get him that little chip and put it. They done put it in the top of a bunch of monkeys' heads. And them five G towers are radiate down on and mix with that vaccine and co- that Gates has got for you and connect with that little chip. Look at me going conspiracy all of a sudden. <laughs> you know the only thing them new five G towers need to read every citizen in here. Not just read your bank account, but read your mood. Only thing that new 5G towers need is for y'all to stay six feet apart. Come on, preacher. Talk about it. It's Friday night. Sunday morning crowd ain't here. It's just us. We're Christian clubbing tonight. You know we're going to get a milkshake and a Diet Coke before midnight. That's Christian clubbing. 
<laughs> Go to revival and get a milkshake after. That's Christian clubbing. Wake up and watch SpongeBob. I mean, wake up and read the Bible on Saturday morning. <laughs> I almost confessed what we do at our house. Jason, I thought Preston's first word, I, I, Preston's first word, I was really praying. It would be like Jerusalem or Jehovah. And his first word in the world was SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> I was really proud of how many syllables, but felt like a failure as a father, you know. <laughs> but don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on it. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm still looking for great things out of him. We started with SpongeBob. We're working our way up. He's a senior, but I was really proud, at least of, you know, the number of syllables. That was impressive. You better believe whatever's in your foundation is what's going to come out. Yes, sir, preacher. West Coast found on gold. It never got past Mississippi. Right. One of the greatest Bible teachers alive said, well, he died two years ago. One of the greatest dead Bible teachers <laughs> said that it stopped there at the Mississippi. In 1933, America voted to go wet, and then she went dry. The Dust Bowl coincided with the Great Depression. Billy Sunday told him to put the bottle down. America put the Bible down and picked the bottle up. Right, man. That's right. Mm. Mm. Yes, sir. And then the Great Famine came. Then the Great Famine came. Then your Second World War, and then God, God woke up Ezekiel's Valley of Dry Bones. And you and I have moved right on to an age where he is, where the fullness of the Gentiles is coming in. And the reviving of the Jews has taken place. Mm. I heard Ed Maccabee preach there in Augusta in the 90s. In the, in the meeting we used to all have there outside. And he preached there on the greatest revival you'll ever see has taken place under your nose. And he preached on God bringing the nation of Israel back. <laughs> Yeah, don't be looking for too many more movements of God in the Gentile realm. There's one movement you can look for, and it's an upward movement. Right. It'll be a trumpet and the voice. <laughs> He's fixing to move us all up. Amen. Move us out. Right. We're fixing to leave out of here. Mm. I, I ain't opposed if some great revival broke out. Yay! But don't be looking for it, honey. He's fixing to call us up. Yes, sir. Call us out. Lord have mercy. I love my introductions. I never know what they're going to be every night. I enjoy them. I get a blessing. I've signed my own Bible lots of nights. <laughs> Just to remember the occasion, not... That never comes across right. <laughs> Colossians 2. Now I'd like to preach 20 minutes again. No, I think that was only 8. Look in verse 8. Oh, I was reading my text. Chapter 2, verse 8 is probably the most relevant 
script that's where I that's where I ran a big old rabbit wasn't it? It was a fat rabbit and it got in the pot. We'll put some veggies in there and eat that later. <laughs> Beware lest city man spoil you. That's where I got upset right there, wasn't it? <laughs> Through philosophy and vain deceit. Right. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Now moving on. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. Y'all go ahead and talk back to me. That's fine. I, mm, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And that's got to be connected. That truth has got to be connected to the next wonderful truth. And ye are complete in him. Help me now. Yes, sir. Wonder if all of God is in all of Christ and all of Christ is inside all of me. And then all of Christ, all of God's in Christ and all of Christ is in me. And then I've been tucked in God. Amen. Wonder how complete that would make it. Amen. Yes, sir. Y'all are just looking at me. Underline some things. Hurry here. I've got back on track. Chapter 1, verse 2. Underline some things. These are monumental now. And uh, uh, oh my, thank the Lord. Did y'all come for, to the, did you come to get in? I hope you did. I won't keep you no longer than the end of the service. Look in verse 2 of chapter 1. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Need you to understand that you can be in Him and down here all at the same time. Are uh, you looking at me? You can be in Christ and at Colossae at the same time. This is positional truth. Question, where is Christ currently located? Right hand of the Father. I heard somebody, that's exactly right. He's in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Alright. Now, matter of fact, that's chapter 3. Look in chapter 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Do you see that in 3.1? He's on the right hand of God. Now, where else? Same question, different answer. Where else is Christ currently located? I'm looking for, that's right, I'm looking for another H word. He's in heaven and he's in my. That's chapter 1, verse 27. Underline it. This great mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I need somebody to help me now. Did you circle 127? Christ in you. Draw a line to 3-1. My Bibles are all marked up. He's in heaven. Not going to stay here much longer, but I need to establish this. If the if if Christ can be in two worlds at the same time, you reckon you could be too? What about it? Up, I'm up yonder, but I'm up yonder in Him. He's down here, but He's down here in me. Up yonder, I'm in Him. Down here, He's in me. In a little while, one of these worlds is going to come to a close, and it's all going to join up in that world. Can I get a witness right there? I'm talking about being complete in Him. Mm, okay? Now look in 119. For it pleased the Father 
that in him should all fullness dwell. Can I get a witness right there? Please the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And Mary rocked that baby. Y'all going to have a spiritual December? I told you about it last night. Mm. And it said, name that baby several names. One of them, Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Uh, it pleased the Father that Him should all fullness dwell. So look in chapter 2, verse 3. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now what about that? Now in chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, we done read them. In Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in Him. And we done looked at chapter 3, verse 1. No, we didn't look in verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. If all of God, according to these verses, is in Christ, and all of Christ is in me, and then that little arrangement has been tucked into God, where Christ has been tucked into God, and all of God's in Christ, and I'm in Him, and He's in me. Ooh-wee, this is a pretty good eternal arrangement right here. Uh, they make fun of us old-timey Baptists for our eternal security, our eternal salvation, but I got news for you. That's the only kind God has. You can't lose your salvation. You ain't got it. You possess it. It's inside you, but you ain't the one holding on to it. Mm. All that other, don't make me go through all that again. Oh, Lord. We're the only one got that old timey shout. Right. Mm. One of the things these contemporary churches lose is a shout. They get these charismatic women with their helium voices, their backward wrist. Like we're sucking helium out of a balloon. They get the sway, the wrist. And then the men get effeminate, don't know how to act because ain't a lick of God in it and ain't a lick of masculinity in the charismatic. Ain't a lick of masculinity in the charismatic movement. And the men have to do some sort of version of what they're doing. They're like, yeah, that's what I do when I'm fixing to hug my grandma on the front porch. That's the only time I get close to that. And that one aunt is the only time I cock my head. If you knew her and seen her and smelled her, you'd know why it's like that. Thanksgiving's coming. Get ready. You got to hug him, people. Huh? Get your little old helium sucking, hallelujah, charismatic. Right. The whole outfit will be homosexual in a minute when the contemporary movement comes in the church. Yes, sir. Because there's a spirit that comes with it. Right. That's exactly yeah, right. Yes, sir. There's a spirit that comes with it. Yes, sir. You let one red-faced, red-throated, red-bulging, vain man of God right. smash his fist down on them, one of them little glass stands one time and beller out with the lion's roar to the old King James. That whole outfit would 
I've got to choose my words carefully. I'm not spiritual enough to be an evangelist. That whole outfit, honey. I don't know you don't want me to say it, sir. That whole outfit and run out the door and go find them some slimy hireling who'd pet their lost hide the way it goes. Right. Oh, mercy. When you let God move in, men get a roar. They roar when they preach. They roar when they pray. They roar when they shout. Right. And women become ladylike in the presence of God. You know what the women did in the New Testament, Brother Renew, Brother Jason? You know what they did? They fell down at his feet. Could you see these modern-day ERA women falling down at anybody's feet? Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, Jane Fonda. I'm from the Vietnam, folks. I'm still mad at her. Ellen DeGeneres. The whole outfit. They fell at his feet, took their hair, their glory, washed his feet with their tears. I'd walking through Africa with a great old big preacher named Timothy, big old black man, three times my size. And and the women down there on that Nile River. When you come to your path, they go down to their knees and bow. I mean, any time of the day for any men. I don't recommend you American women have to do that. (laughs) Be a little weird. I'm not sure that's required, but... Oh, I got news for you. That's what they did with the Lord. You know, when God moves in... Like he's moved in here tonight. How he used the Borden family to come in here tonight. You know people that are on their feet will get on their face. And when the Lord comes in, people that are on their face, he'll raise them up to their feet. Right. Amen. <laughs> I'm trying to preach something. I forgot what it was. Where are y'all at? Where are we at? Where are y'all, what are y'all doing? Is it time for the milkshake yet? I was talking about something, got happy. I forgot what it was. Look in verse 10. Ye are complete in him. Mm. So, that is my first 20 minutes. Here comes my next one. The Lord help me. Here's what I want to preach for a little while. Is that when Christ saved me, He saved me every way that I needed saving. Right. I'm talking about directional. Sure. Directional. When the Lord saved me, He saved me in every way that I needed saving. Okay. I'm going to read the text. And then I'm going to give you all of my points. And you know I don't hardly ever do that. I'm going to give them to you up front so you can see the way the Lord's got us thinking in this text. When the Lord saved me, He saved me in every direction that He needed to save me. Now, look here in verse 
11. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. He took that sword. Y'all look at me one second. He took that sword of the Spirit. Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the what? Dividing. So he divides something asunder. Cut it with a sword. What did he do? Of the soul and spirit. It's one Put this on child's language best I can. When the Lord saved you, He cut you loose from your flesh. Right. But He did it on the inside. Right. And your old man's still wicked, but there's a new man in you that God has moved into your spirit. And He cuts you loose in there. You've been cut loose, you've just not been let out. Underline the little word circumcision. And let me say this. When the Lord saved me, He saved me within. Romans 2, 28 and 29. Circumcision is that of the heart. And so when God cuts the flesh away from the origin of life, it's just a symbol of when He reached down in your heart. <laughs> He moved in your spirit. and he, I don't know if he cut it out and then moved in or if he moved in and cut it out. But he moved in your spirit and brought you in there with him. He saved you, left you inside that flesh body, and you're in there, but you ain't part of it no more. Right. <laughs> You've been cut loose. You just ain't been let out. Oh, he saved me within. Let me give you these and we'll go back over whatever we need to. Number two is in verse 12. Buried with him. in Underline the word buried. When the Lord saved me, he just didn't save me within. He saved me below. We went down under and got saved. Y'all ain't helping me. That baptism, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He went all the way down to hell to save me. Y'all ain't helping me. Then in the same verse, he went all the way to heaven. Keep reading. What? Buried with him in baptism, going down in that grave where he dealt with all of our death, hell, and the grave. And then look, wherein also ye are risen with him. Right. Through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the underline the word risen. When he saved me, he didn't just save me within, and he didn't just save me below, but he saved me above. You can go down as deep as you could ever go to hell, and I'm all the way saved. You can go as high as you can all the way up to heaven, and I'm all, I'm all the way saved. Y'all ain't helping me. I'm trying to give you these. You're helping me pretty good, better than the average Caucasian congregation. He handled everything within. He handled everything below, everything above. And then look in verse 13. And you being dead and your sins, uncertain flesh, are quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Underline that forgiven business. He saved you behind. He walked into your past. He went behind you and saved you. Now let's go to verse 14. I'm giving you all of them, then I'm going to preach whatever I want to. We've got a milkshake coming. <laughs> Amen. And if, you, and if you can find a cookout, there's 40 flavors. 
And when I found out you could ask them to mix them, oh, that's so much fun. I tell them people all kind of crazy stuff. I want watermelon with chocolate chips, a Snicker bar, and, and, and half a peach. Put it in there. You said you would. I'm paying you money. And you go up there and you put your money in the window. And it's an American miracle thing. Out comes these things. That's amazing. I'm glad. Proud to be an American. At least I know I'm free. I won't forget. Anyway. Verse 14. Don't be voting for no Democrats. They're not even going to let you go outside. No more milkshakes if you vote for the wrong ones. Right. Can't drink a milkshake through a mask. Vote! Vote for the big hair. The big hair. When Christ saved me, he handled everything within, everything below, everything above, everything behind. And then let's go to Calvary. And I want to say, he nailed it to his cross. He blotted out what verse? 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against it, it was contrary to it, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. He saved me directly overhead. Right. And that Roman system of that Roman justice and system, they would nail the man's crime to the cross over his head so you could see his crime. Well, what he done was he took all of my crimes. And put them over his head, and that crown of thorns, them sins leaked down into him. They were nailed over his head, and and there's more nails than three there. Anybody ever preach on the fourth nail? The one where it was nailed, our crimes were nailed. I never, I never had that thought until just now. Amen. I ain't never, I ain't never had that thought. Yes, sir. Tell me about that later. I will forget it. I'm serious. I forget about everything I pray. I don't know what I'm going to say when I go up. That's the truth for the most part. Remind me of that later. That's good. We need to preach that, Brother Renew. The fourth nail. <laughs> Woo! Brother Adam, we've got to do something with that. That fourth nail. <laughs> man, that ain't just a singer. That's a songwriter, man. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Right. Abby, you handle that for me. Get me a copyright quick before your dad jumps on that. <laughs> Abby's going to be my secretary. Get it, Abby. And everything overhead. He saved me. Everything overhead. And then there's only two more. Look in verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers. Ooh, we. Back in verse 8, that enemy tried to defeat us in battle and carry us off. But instead, at Calvary, God defeated them in battle and carried them off. Principalities and powers. That's all them strong devils around you. I want to say when he saved me, he handled everything around. When I, when I drive home tonight, and uh, your interstate's giving me a fit ever since I've been here. And when I drive home tonight, there's nothing around me that's going to be able to harm me. Because he's handled all those principalities and powers. And then, and then the last one's in verse 15. And, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. You've heard this before. Uh, 
the ancient kings would drag the defeated kings and captains behind his chariot as he returned to his palace and to his city and as he returned home. And thank God we have a forerunner, the Lord Jesus. And he's done had a parade. He's done went home. Right. Resurrection day. And he made a show openly of all the enemies he defeated. And so our forerunners already gone and we're soon to follow. He's the head. The whole thrust of Colossians is Christ is the head. Ephesians and Colossians play off of each other. In Ephesians, you can study the body of Christ. But in Colossians, you study the head of the body, which is Christ. Colossians is about him being the head. And Ephesians is about his body. And I remember Dr. Mike Bagwell and his little Mr. Magoo antics ways flopping around and preaching. If you've ever heard Brother Mike, well, you got to see Brother Mike Bagwell preach and bringing out them word studies uh, while believing the King James Bible. Amen. Amen. You don't take the Greek and the Hebrew and correct the scriptures. Right. God got it all just right and left it with us, the King James Bible. And old Dr. Bagwell said, I, he said, I've, in his gruff voice, I've, I've noticed something. <laughs> That's pretty good right there. I never tried that. I'm going to call him that. I've noticed something. <laughs> I'm enjoying that. About my head. Everywhere my head goes, my body seems to follow. <laughs> and then he, he, he demonstrated, what's this? He said, his head. <laughs> he said, yep, there went my body. And I got news for y'all. Our head's already gone to glory and the body will soon follow. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Two thousand years of the body of Christ is already there. I personally believe, I don't know, can't name the day or the hour, but the times and the seasons I ain't scared to play with. I believe we're the red caboose. We're the last one. And I believe we're in, we're not even in the caboose. We're in that platform, you know, and holding the little bar and looking at the thing. We're the last of the last. And we're fixing to pull into the home shore. And I got good news. I ain't scared of nothing beyond. Amen. He's already been there. He handled it. He saved me. Amen. In every way <laughs> that I needed saving, you can't go no way, and he didn't save me there. Amen. Well, bless the Lord. Now I'm going to comment on these. I'm going to comment on them. Thank the Lord. Second round of 20. Third. No, second. Third. In, going. You'll get a milkshake. You're fine. Let's just comment on them. Let's just comment, see what the Lord has for us. Go back to verse 11, that circumstance. Um, he handled everything within. Kind of already dealt with it. I just want to say with the Lord, when He saved you, He didn't send you salvation. He brought you salvation. And salvation wasn't a thing. It was a person. <laughs> The Lord is my salvation. When Christ, who is our life, it's chapter 3, 
And uh, he didn't give me his blood. He is the blood. It's his blood. His blood's him. He moved in my heart. And all of him moved in. And all of God was in him. And then they took me with all that in me and put me in God. And then the Holy Spirit, when him and Jesus and the Father got in there, the Holy Spirit stood around, turned around and stood there. See, the seal, we've been sealed to the day of redemption. And the seal is not a thing either. It's a person. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the seal. He doesn't have some kind of super glue, some kind of super zipper, zip your soul up and super glue it. No, no. The Holy Spirit is in you and He ain't coming out and He stands there and He's the seal. He's the seal. Let's go to the thing. Go to the next one. Buried with Him in baptism and raised. I'm going to tell you all something. If I make my bed in hell, <laughs> He's already saved me there. Behold, there, there. Right. Amen. <laughs> If I take the wings of the morning to send up into the something of the something of the morning, up into the heavens, even there. When they walk through that bloody doorway in Exodus 12 and that Passover lamb, they had taken that lamb, there was a dead lamb, and the blood had to be applied. Calvinist, it ain't enough that the lamb died. Right, come on. The blood has to be applied. Yes, and, uh, and you got to take the hyssop, a little faith, and just apply it. Right. And when you smack it overhead and on the sides and it puddles and pulls at the threshold, when they came through that doorway, about to eat a chair and run to town, <laughs> it is a cross. And when you walk through that bloody doorway, the blood coated the bottom of their feet. So when hell's fire reached up, it couldn't burn them. Amen. And it dripped down on them from the door yes, post sir. overhead. And the wrath of a holy God couldn't come through. Hallelujah. And they brushed up on it on either side, them little old doorways. And the blood, <laughs> they couldn't know, nothing Amen. could touch you. Covered by the blood, hedged by the blood. Yes, You've probably heard this, but it's true. I've spent time in shepherd sheep country in Albania and they still have the ancient gypsies, the Roma gypsies that keep flocks and, and the Albanians still uh, olives and sheep is still uh, how they live like in ancient times they're so poor and, and but their GDP comes from uh, uh, illegal smuggling and Albania's uh, one of the smallest countries, but being a seaport and being such a wicked place, their their money comes from smuggling humans, smuggling arms, smuggling uh, for illegal papers. That's where their money comes from. But I've been around the sheep and the shepherd people. And the old shepherd I learned said, when you have a little orphan lamb, that's mother died. And that don't happen often, but every once in a while you get an orphan lamb and said it'll it has to have mother's milk or it will die. It can't live on anything else for a few days. And 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 the only thing they can do is take another lamb who has a living mother and has milk, see. And they'll take that little lamb with a mama 
And they'll make a little surgical cut and drain a little bowl of blood and stitch it back up. And then they'll take and coat that little orphan lamb with that blood. And then they offer that lamb to that mother. And when she smells that, she thinks it's one of her own. And she adopts it. On the spot. And we'll give it milk. And it lives. And one day I was without hope, without God. Seeing it orphaned me. And our father Adam and mother Eve had died. But there was a lamb, the lamb of God. And they hung him on the cross and drained his blood. And took it. And anybody who will come up and say, please, me. Coach you in that blood and present you to God and you can be accepted in the beloved. Amen. And Exodus 12 did say, when he sees me, he sees the blood. But I like that when he smells me. He don't smell my rotten flesh. He don't smell my wicked sin. He don't smell my foul nature. Oh, and the death and rottenness of every sinner. He don't smell that. He smells the blood, the nature of his own son. He said, that's one of mine right there. Oh, my. Below and above. Forgot what I was talking about, but I liked what I ended up talking about. You know, people that worry about their sermons working out right. It's a good thing I don't have that problem. I'd lose my mind every night. <laughs> How'd it go? I have no idea, but boy, the Lord was there, so that'll work. Amen. When Jesus died, blown above and around. When Jesus died, he saved me in all three worlds. Okay? Isn't God a trinity? And you can look at the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and you can even see the alignment with body, soul, and spirit. Jesus, the body. A body hast thou prepared me. The Holy Spirit, I guess, would be the spirit. <laughs> and then God, the Father. He's our essence from which... He would be the soul. Right. Holy Spirit would be the spirit. Yes. Yes. Soul's where you live. Yes, sir. God said in him we live and move and have our being. Acts. Okay. And he made us a three-part being, right? First yes, Thessalonians 5, body, soul, and spirit. Just 10 seconds for a little Bible lesson. Somebody said, well, sometimes the scripture looks like soul and spirit are interchangeable terms. And it looks like sometimes they're the same thing. Depends on which testament you're in. Your spirit died in that garden with Adam. But Adam continued to live. Soul. Soul's where you live. Spirit's where God lives. Yours was dead and deflated. Yours was dead and deflated. Right. Somebody talked about a bicycle tire, not to use such a rude illustration. And you can't explain the Trinity fully, the nature. The old bicycles had the rubber tire. That'd be the flesh, the body. And then they'd have that inner tube. That'd be the soul. And then the air would 
fill the inner tube, that'd be the spirit. And we've all just been a flat tire. <laughs> How do you like my humble illustrations? And you couldn't even go nowhere. But when the Lord come along, and He moved inside there, and life came and you lived. Okay. When Jesus died, this comes from the old Joe Parsons, a little bit of James Knox, the preacher in Florida, and a little bit of another man preaching, and it was a reward too. I'd, he gave me a little reward there one day. And you know, if you ever serve him and suffer and stay with him a little bit, he rewards you here and there. Sure. And if you get to where you love spiritual things, he'll reward you with spiritual things. Right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and the Lord showed it to me one day there at Calvary. When Jesus died, his spirit went to heaven and made you a place next to God. His soul went to hell and scraped you off the bottom of it. And his body went to the grave because that's where yours is going to go. There ain't no other worlds than heaven and hell and the world we live in. There are no other worlds. There are no other planets with little green men on them. The little green men is a real thing, but they're not little green men. They're not little green Martians. They're devils. Right. That's good. Right. Okay. And, and uh, the Bible said, Calvary, when he cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands, y'all hit me now, I commend my spirit. Next phrase was literal. And he gave up something. The ghost. How do you think the Holy Ghost came back? Had to be given up. His spirit went to heaven and made a spot on the mercy seat for you to be accepted with God up yonder. And then his soul went to hell. Behold, thou shalt not leave my soul in, yeah, Psalm 16, Acts 2, other verses. When Jesus died, his spirit went to heaven because that's where yours is going. His soul went to hell because that's where your soul went. Tries to go every day. It's hellward bent. He's done been past it. My souls took me down pretty far. Temptation, sin, transgressions, iniquity. Help me now. But it didn't go as far as he, he went further. <laughs> My sin nature ain't pulled me down as far as he ever uh, he went further than it ever could. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. My spirit's reached up to God. But it never went as high as his did one of these days because he went down there and saved me from going down. And he went up there so I could go up. Y'all ain't helping me. One of these days, I'll lay my body in that grave. And his will have already been there. <laughs> you ain't going to find no other worlds. I don't believe NASA on most of what they say anyhow. You got to take me to Waffle House to get the rest of that. <laughs> Oh, I got news for you. He saved me in all three worlds. Below, above. Amen. And over there at the grave. Well, let me close. I think we're done. Let's see what else we got here. Thank God he went behind me. 
got all my sin. Thank God he's went overhead. Thank God he's handled everything around me. Handled everything around me. And uh, he's handled everything beyond me. Mm. You want to get a 60-second comment on each one of these? Let's see if I can do that. And I know y'all ain't in a hurry, but I'm, man, I'm getting hungry. Thank God he went behind me. Ain't you glad the Lord went into your past? Yeah. Yes. Amen. Yes. And you understand the, the victory he's given you in your past? Come on, he went into your past and it's, he's cleared it all. Right. And do you understand tomorrow, today will be the past? <laughs> he's already been in today when it was past. Amen. I'm not trying to be cute or sound intellectual. I'm just telling you, your salvation was eternal. Right. Your whole life was future when he went to Calvary. Right. He went up there and made it all past before you even lived it. Right. He took your life. He took it to Calvary. On the way to his funeral, he went by yours first. Right. He started at your conception and walked to your final breath. And he gathered up all the sins, which is coming short, all the transgressions, which is going over, and all the iniquity, which caused the previous two problems. The wickedness that just keeps coming out of the marrow of your bones, according to the Psalms. So he took your iniquities, and everywhere you came short and everywhere you went over. And he just gathered them all up and carried them to Calvary. And he took your future life and made it past. And then he made it something better than past. He walked into the past and he kept going. And a fit man with a scapegoat took our sins into a land not inhabited. And he walked right out into eternity. This is the part you need to believe. He took all your sins and took them into an eternal place. And he died for them. And he died with them. And they died with him. Your sins are gone. Amen. Your sins are gone. Amen. Your sins are gone. I'll even go a step further. Did anybody at the great white throne judgment see anybody, all the sinners? Did you oh, let's call them unbelievers? Did you see any of them judged for their sins? You're trying to remember how the great white throne judgment verses is quoted. It's their works. Their works. Their works. Let's run to the judgment seat for saints here in just a minute. Let's run over there for just a moment. Y'all see any sins being judged there? Nope. He's right. At the judgment seat of Christ for saved people, there will be no sins judged, but there will be sons judged. Right, right. He done died for our sins. What do y'all think it meant when he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Y'all are still wondering if you're allowed to say amen or not on that other part. Revelation 19 and 20, the great white throne judgment, the books were brought forth, and their works, their works, their works. He couldn't judge their sins. He already did. Not only at the judgment seat of Christ will it be sons judged, not sins. But at the great white throne judgment, I don't think it's going to be a sin question. It's going to be a son question. Yeah. 
Right. Why did you reject the Son of God? Yes. Come on. Yes. He died for your sins. He died with your sins. Your sins died with him. Now I know he told the Pharisees that you can you'll die in your sins. Right. Well, that's you can you can die in your sins in time. Sure. He's dealt with all of them in eternity. Right. Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world and bringeth back all the sins of the people who never get saved. I didn't read that. Anybody read where he went and got back all the sins? Oh, you rejected my son. Let's go get all your sins and bring them over here. Oh, y'all going to have to go home and study. <laughs> Come back in the morning and say, Amen. <laughs> You're allowed to not say it right away. Check it out. D.L. Moody said at the great white throne judgment were unbelievers. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened. And they were judged for their works. D.L. Moody said at the great white throne judgment, it's not a sin issue because he died for your sins. It's a son issue. The one who died for your sins, you rejected. And if you reject his work at Calvary, then you got to cough up your own works. Right. Come on, brother. Let's see if your works will get you in. That's good, brother. No. Right. No. Right. And no. And no. And no. And one at a time, they go through the books and judge their works, and your works are gone. You rejected his finished work at Calvary's cross. Mm. Mm. Oh my. I don't remember where we was, but I enjoyed where we went. Thank God. My sins are gone. Behind me. And I love where the Bible talks about the re-reward. It's a vanguard. I think vanguard's in the Bible. Check it. I can't remember. I think it is. I know it was where I invested all my money until the housing market collapsed and I just went with paint buckets after that. But it's those that come behind. Well, thank the Lord. I'm glad I've been saved overhead. We done preached that. He, he handled everything around me. Brother Borden, I remember a documented story that Brother Dwayne Moore told. I'm glad God's got protection all around us. Amen. Summer eyes called to preach and filled with the Holy Ghost. Mama was taking chicken to a Saturday work day at a new church that mom and dad were building in Tennessee and was in a little Volkswagen with slick tires that somebody give us. Oh, thank God. I'm glad I, I know what it's like to grow up living by faith. come around the curve just five miles from the church and it was dry and then it was a downpour. Went right into a wall of rain and them slick tires. Somebody just give us that Volkswagen the week before and Dad hadn't had a chance to change the tires. And 12 feet went airborne. I remember the corn rushing up. That's all I remember. And I just remember sharply intaking my breath. My arm should have been tore slam off. I gripped the and just remember, and the corn rushing, 
thing tumbled and turned halfway through that cornfield like you stopped all over a Coca-Cola can. And when people started rolling up, me and Mama, me and Mama was laid upside down on each other in, in between the front seats. My brother Jason, pastoring in Maryland, he was standing on the road 60 yards, uh, probably 50 or 60 yards away. He was just standing on the road. And me and Mama crawled out both a, a, a door that we could get open and stood there without a scratch, without a bruise. And my brothers, nobody knows of this day, the name of the angel. <laughs> he was 10. He had good sense. He just said, all I know is we were selling off and all I know is I was standing on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I didn't crawl up there, I didn't walk up there. All I know was that we were going over and I'm standing on the road, a little boy. <laughs> I stepped on a six foot rattlesnake that August while I come within an inch of stepping on it. They shot four rifle, high-powered rifles through our house the day before we moved in it. They didn't know if we was in it or not. The parsonage that we moved in there. Three encounters with death my 13th year. I don't know if the rattlesnake would have killed me. It was a long ways from everything. I don't know if that would have killed me. And them, and them rifle, four bullets, some old rooster fighting drinking, moonshining mountain folk, rough bunch, local mafia didn't want my dad building a church there and they fired there the, the day, renew the day before we moved in and they shot up in the upper level and that was our bedroom, our boys bedroom and my bed was there and the two of the bullet holes were there but I got good news for everybody that belongs to the Lord he's handled everything around me Amen. Where you been, Satan? I've been going to and fro up and down in the earth, going wherever I want to. Oh, is that right? You're going everywhere you want to? Did you go by Job's house? Mm, well, yeah, but I couldn't get in. You know, you got a hedge there. That's right. There's a hedge there. Thank God there's a hedge there. Bless the Lord. He's handled everything around me. He's handled everything beyond me. Our forerunner, death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. I love stories about heaven. Aren't you glad heaven's real? It's right on the other side of that blue veil. There's windows between us and that. That's what Nimrod was looking for when he built that tower. He seen them windows open when the floodwaters came down. Yeah, there's windows in heaven. It's just right up there. Jacob's seen a ladder running to it. Y'all got all kind of crazy stuff in your head that somebody put there. Heaven's just beyond that blue veil. <laughs> Take me to Waffle House and I'll tell you more. You got to buy the chili. A large chili will get a lot out of me. I used to think about heaven when I was a little boy. 
a bunch of little naked Cupid babies floating on clouds, shooting arrows at each other. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. They're using that little Cupid February Valentine's, you know. I thought we'd all be little naked babies with a half, with a hand towel, you know, over your shoulder and shooting little bows and arrows at each other. I didn't even want to go to heaven. I didn't want to be a little naked Cupid baby shooting arrows at each other. That's what was in my head. We got to be real careful. The images we present, that was presented to me somewhere, but somebody drew a picture of heaven. That's why I don't like the French Renaissance 16th century painting right. of Jesus as if he is a long-haired fairy. Right. I don't like that. I don't think nobody needs to make a movie about Jesus. I'd shy away from using Jesus characters in Christmas plays and Easter plays. Little children will think that's what Jesus looks like. The Bible said don't make no images. You get something in their head. Our generation thinks Jesus Christ is Mel Gibson dying on the cross. Who was that guy? Mel Gibson's movie. Jim, give me a visa. Exactly who it was. And you know the woman that played Mary on that thing? She was a movie star in the worst kind of movies. People think Mary is that flesh movie star. And people think Jesus is some effeminate, long, beautiful, brown locks of hair talking in an effeminate voice. Do you know the Bible said never a man spake like this man? There ain't a Hollywood actor alive that can even come close. I don't think you ought to make images. Get stuck in people's head. That's why we preach. That's why you contemporary churches. They try to use visuals. Object lessons. Screens everywhere. Little movie clips. Did you know in the church age, God does nothing with sight? He does it with hearing. Your eyes go to your head. Your ears go to your heart. What you see goes to your head. What you hear goes to your heart. You hear words and they don't they go end up in your heart. Faith cometh by object lessons. You know why the contemporary boys have to do object lessons? Because they can't preach no more. You can't preach without power. You can't have power when you've abandoned every standard that made church church and everything that made God God. There'll be no and you gotta end up with cute little Illustrations, cute little object lessons. You got to have people come out and 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 have little movie clips, and you got to use all the social media visuals. Y'all ain't helping me. Right. You'll know your preacher went contemporary when he ain't doing no hour-long red face sweating, tear the suit up, Holy Ghost preaching up and down the aisle, but he's got cute little ideas and little people helping him and props. Y'all better mark it down. You're gonna lose most of your friends before you get to heaven. In this age of apostasy. But I got a capital F friend. And, I, and I'm staying with him. I'm staying with him. I need y'all to understand something. This boy right here is gifted. He's got an amazing mind. An amazing memory. He's got a beautiful and a godly wife. And you know him and her could go the route that other way. And he'd already be running 250. Give him the music. Give up the mantle. 
Get in the social media world. Get to them Americans where they are. And he could be running in 250. But he'd be running it. Lord wouldn't be in it. And you'd have to get on social media and get 10,000 other friends who compromise and give each other reassurance every day that y'all are okay with your apostasy. You'll have to reassure each other every day. That them little old meanies over there, them meanie Pharisees, they're meanies, they're meanie weenies. Right. And reassure each other three times a day, every day, and come back with confirmations for each other that we've all abandoned the old paths, but we're okay. Right. Because the end justifies the means. You're not going to get the end or the means. Right. Amen. Then nobody's going to get saved without that power. Right. Come on. Oh, you'll get a thousand professions. With all the ploys. But not, the, not no power. I want nobody to be born again. Stay the old path. That man of God over there has blazed a trail. Just come running in behind him. Send little messengers up there to him every once in a while and just say thank you. Thank you. We're coming through. Men like him paid too great of a price for a bunch of little silly Absaloms. Right. Trying to steal the hearts of the men and the sweethearts of the men. Study Absalom. They paid too big a price for us to come behind. Right. And that and at the looking like you're picking the fruit, but actually you're destroying the orchard. Oh, we're getting all these people saved. Are you? I don't know. If you're destroying the orchard, I don't really know what kind of fruit you're gathering. Right. Right. Old man of God I read the other day said, one generation that tries to win, their generation at any cost sacrifices all the following generations in doing so. I'd hate to know I sent a thousand to heaven and a million to hell. So I could make a post. Look at me. Right. And snugged up with some teenage girl. You ought not be snugged up with nobody but your wife. Right, right, right. Sometimes they say, Brother Dean, can we take a picture? Yes, that's fine. That's fine, I say. Yep. And that's what I do. Sure. They stand where they want to. That's what I do. I'm fine taking a picture. Maybe a good memory down the road. But Jennifer's the only one I need to hug. Right. Amen. Can I get a witness right Amen. there? Amen. And I'll hug Grandma. <laughs> She'll hug you back. She'll hug you back. And when I hug her, I won't even be doing this. That's for that, that's for that one aunt in about three weeks. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Amen. When Jesus saved me, He saved me in every way. I needed. There ain't no way the devil can get to me. God saved me every week that I needed. Our heads are bowed. Brother Borden, bring your whole family. Is that all right, Pastor? Bring the whole family and come back. I'd like for us to do this. Some of you need to come around and just thank the Lord. How long has it been since you thanked Him for saving you? Oh, that, that'll help your heart. That'll help your family.
come around here and just thank him for saving you. Somebody else might need to be saved. Let's all stand so people can move around. Somebody else might need to be saved. Come to the Lord tonight. He'll save you. Somebody here may want to get their heart right with God. Your heart's been touched and warmed. Fires have been rekindled. You want to come get right with the Lord, He'll take you.